The smaller home health agencies in New York that often cater to specific vulnerable populations are in jeopardy of going out of existence as a result of new contracting procedures by the state health department, which, in an effort to cut costs, has decided to award a finite number of contracts through New York's Consumer-Directed Personal Assistance Program, which gives tens of thousands of New Yorkers the ability to train and hire the help they need. For more on the issue, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Amanda D'Ambrosio, a healthcare reporter with Cranes New York, who has reported in depth on this issue. Thanks for making the time, Amanda. Thanks for having me, David. So despite around 40,000 New Yorkers reaving the care we're going to talk about, I imagine a lot of uh, the listeners aren't familiar with some of the lingo and processes we're about to discuss. So can you give us the Healthcare 101 explanation of consumer-directed personal assistance programs, as well as home health agencies, and the people that this system is designed to serve? The consumer-directed personal assistance program is a type of home care in New York State. And of course, the home care program offers in-home community-based services to both elderly New Yorkers and people with disabilities. So the way that the consumer-directed personal assistance program works, and we can refer to that as CDPAP, it was first included in the Medicaid program in the 1990s as a way to give people with chronic illnesses or disabilities um, who are homebound more freedom to decide who their caregivers are. So rather than go to a home health agency and receive care from a licensed home health aide who's employed by an agency, CDPAP gives consumers the ability to choose their caregiver. So that could be a friend, a family member, a neighbor, really anyone that that person trusts to help them with daily living activities. And that can be you know, personal hygiene, transportation, um, things like that. So the way that these caregivers are paid as they operate as independent contractors. So these agencies, which are you know fiscal intermediaries, they work with the state and health plans to provide managed payroll services and, mm. and, and pay these workers. So that's essentially how the CDPAP program differs from the traditional home health services. What's sort of interesting about some of the agencies that participate in this program, and specifically the smaller agencies that are at risk of closures, they serve, again, vulnerable communities, as you mentioned. So that's typically communities that have specific, you know, cultural needs that offer, you know, specific linguistic services that you might not find at some of these larger agencies. Well, you reported that in June, the State Department of Health notified smaller home health agencies, those in New York City serving less than 200 patients or less than 50 patients in the rest of the state, that they would no longer be eligible for contracts through CDPAP. What was the rationale for this decision, which really uh, got its start in the Cuomo administration? Exactly. So this decision goes back a couple of years now. Under former Governor Cuomo, there was an effort to reduce Medicaid costs. And home care is a pretty large driver of Medicaid costs in New York State. So essentially what happened is that the state implemented a competitive bidding process for these fiscal intermediaries that wanted to participate in CDPAP. They did so in, I believe it was 2019. And of the roughly 500 agencies that were providing these services prior to that bidding process, around 60 of them got contracts. There was a lot of pushback in the industry about the way that that process was put into place, namely that advocates felt that people and agencies were not getting contracts based on unclear criteria and that it too drastically reduced 
the number of agencies that could participate in the program. So there was a big push on the state to change that process, and it did. In 2022, the legislature amended public health law to change the way that the bidding process worked. So under that change, the Department of Health had to award contracts to larger agencies that acted as fiscal intermediaries and that were acting as fiscal intermediaries before the Cuomo change. So as you mentioned, those agencies were those that served more than 200 patients in the New York City area and more than 50 in other areas of the state. Well, the way you initially described these home health agencies, at least to my ears, sounded like they're almost like middlemen in the healthcare process. So sticking with that framing then, what is the consequence of reducing, the, say, the number of middlemen? Does the state anticipate, at least from their point of view, any disruption in care? Or are they just anticipating more efficiencies by having fewer players serving as quote-unquote middlemen? That's a good question, David. The, the state, again, as as we mentioned, was really looking to make control Medicaid costs and sort of make this process more efficient. What advocates on the home health aid you know, side say is that it's actually going to cause a shakeup for more than 40,000 New Yorkers. So again, as those New Yorkers who either require specific linguistic services or even New Yorkers with a specific disability that some of these smaller agencies can typically cater to, they're going to have to find new places to get care. It's sort of unclear what the state's process for that will look like um, at this point, but presumably it is something that will be a big change for most people who get care through this program. And if there is a major shakeup that impacts the people who utilize the system, when will we see that play out? Because as you mentioned, uh, the notification about the contracting went out this summer and we're talking in November. So is the fallout for this happening right now or is it still, say, months away from really impacting people who utilize uh, services? It's unclear at this point what exactly the timeline for things will look like. A lot of these smaller agencies, so um, these agencies that received notification from the health department this summer, they've been living in limbo for really the past two and a half years um, since these changes were first implemented. So they've been sort of operating with the idea that they might close, but are not exactly sure when those operations will ultimately be shut down. The way that things have are working now is that for the contracts that have been awarded, the comptroller is in the process of evaluating those contracts. And several home health agencies have filed protests to sort of encourage the state to take a closer look at you know, whether those contracts should go through. So right now, the comptroller's office has received about 100 protests, and it's waiting for the health department to send over relevant documents sort of so that they can do the full evaluations. Once those contracts are approved, and if they are approved, it will be at that point when these agencies go out of operation. But again, really unclear on what that timeline is expected to look like, as there's still a lot of sort of bureaucratic holdups at this point. Well, finally, without a change in the law or regulations, what does that mean for New Yorkers who rely on the CDPAP program, but might not necessarily be able to access care through the traditional means they would have in the past? Are they necessarily going to have to turn to nursing home or other institutional settings for care? Yes, I think that we will see sort of a shift in where patients can get care. But presumably, many of these patients will either try to 
you know, obtain caregivers through larger fiscal intermediaries, the ones that serve a greater number of patients and have already been awarded contracts, but it could very well result in, you know, a shakeup to the point where people are going back to nursing homes or other sort of uh, long-term care facilities to try to get care. It remains to be seen whether this process will ultimately go through. There is a bill um, in the legislature right now, which was introduced by Senator Leroy Comrie and Assemblyman Nader Syage, to repeal this entire request for offers process. So we'll see if that you know legislation gets support in the coming year. But until then, depending on whether these smaller agencies are able to protest the contracts that have been sent through the Department of Health, we will see if services do get reduced for the people who get care through these agencies as of now. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Amanda D'Ambrosio. She is a healthcare reporter for Cranes, New York. Amanda, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, David. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.